Hello, and thank you for tuning in to A Pinch of Honesty, another exciting episode from our little corner of the world. Um, today, I was thinking about uh, getting you up to speed on the weekend and things I notice about myself with respect to other parents around. So our daughter's friend had her birthday and again, quarantine, right? We're not, we're not doing parties. We're not doing play dates, those types of things. Um, but it is her best friend. And so since it's her best friend, um, we decided, well, the parents decided that, uh, taking the kids out, you know, there's some snow and, uh, letting them wear masks and sled might be a really nice way to celebrate, um, our daughter's best friend's birthday. So we went and, you know, as far as I think COVID precautions, it was fantastic, right? It was perfect. We had like a little fire going, the kids played around in snow, they dug trenches, <laughs> you know, they got really, really wet um, and, you know, burned a lot of steam, which was great. Um, but it really, um, being out there, you know, and seeing the kids, it, it, it's hard, right? Because of COVID, <laughs> Um, you see the their interactions with one another isn't necessarily the way they used to be, right? So I think at this point, we're looking at something like 300, I'm keeping track on the calendar. I want to say it's like 370 days, basically, of no kind of free play for children, right? I mean, we're rolling up, you know, once March hits, it's a year, basically, of not normal interaction. And so, the way that the kids respond with one another is different. The way that they interact is different. Uh, triggers for the kids is different. Um, you know, and I'm noticing that even, you know, my kiddo requires a, a bit more of a tender hand, right? A bit more cuddling, a bit more um, back rubs and tummy rubs, and it's okay. And we're going to make it through this, um, which are all, I think, good things to do, but it's it's hard on you as a parent because you see your kid struggling with something that you feel like most children shouldn't have to struggle with, right? Like this is kind of a, you know, once in a lifetime thing that's happening. Um, and so as you're seeing the kids, you know, maneuvering around one another and trying to stay six feet apart and still trying to play and trying to interact with one another, uh, the instant judgy parent voice appears in my head. <laughs> you know, this voice that um, I compare my child to other children, even though I don't want to. Deep down, I don't want to, right? She is her own individual. She is not like any other child. She should not be compared to any other child, but you do, right? And then you begin judging things that you think are good or bad or different about the way that other people are parenting their children, uh, which again is something I don't want to do, right? I absolutely do not want to judge other parents, um, but I catch myself doing it, right? And so this brings me full circle back to when I was pregnant and I did not have an easy pregnancy. I had a miserable pregnancy. I ended up on bed rest. My daughter was born premature. She weighed three, three pounds, six ounces at birth. Um, you know, it's, you get all of these, um, basically almost like, what did you do wrong? Right. What, what did I do wrong as a, as a mom? Um, 
to cause my child to be born early, right? And of course, the logical scientific portion of me is like nothing, right? Absolutely nothing, right? Having children, albeit it, it's a natural thing, is a very sketchy thing, right? Anybody who thinks that lives are not on the line when you go to have children is wrong, right? Because lots of people die in childbirth, children die. Um, it, it is a precarious thing at best. Um, but that's the first thing that you think about, right? Like what, what the hell did I do that caused this, that caused my child to be born so early, um, and to be so underweight and, you know, X, Y, Z, right. Um, and to this day, we're actually still dealing with some of the impacts of her being born prematurely, um, which I'll probably get into it at a later episode. Um, but of course, then afterwards, you end up with other women who judge you for whether or not you had a natural birth, whether or not you had drugs, whether or not you had a C-section, whether or not you breastfeed, whether or not you stayed home, whether or not you make your own baby food, right? And I just want to be really straightforward. I have caught myself judging other women for the things that they have done. And that portion of me, I check, right? I definitely check it. And I tell it to back the fuck off because it isn't easy. It's not easy to be a mom. It's not easy to be a woman. <laughs> um, and to have other people judging you for either what you did or didn't do or for your parenting styles is frankly bullshit. And what I notice is that it isn't families that do it. It isn't even men that do it. It is women that do it to women. And it kills me because I can tell when I'm about to do it, right? Like I see some kid running wild, throwing rocks in my yard, being a total just shit. And their parents do nothing about it. And I want to judge their parents, right? I want to be like, you are a crappy parent. And instead, right, in my head, I have to remind myself, we're all doing the best we can. And, you know, maybe you are the world's worst parent, but that's not, that's not for me to judge, right? Like, I'm just going to let you do your own thing, raise your kid the way you're going to raise your kid. And, you know, if they end up being president or a serial killer, that's got nothing to do with me, right? It's got absolutely nothing to do with me. Um, and my two cents one way or the other isn't going to matter, right? Um, and that's also because we, as people who are trying to raise small people, you end up emulating and and redoing exactly the way that you were kind of born, right? The way you were raised, the things you know are how you were raised by your parents. And so um, it's like this historical thing of all the flaws and all the damage that's just traveled through time onto you. And you know, in my own process, a number of things that I'm working on are actually healing those things that have been kind of passed down to me because I don't want to perpetrate those onto my own child, right? I don't want my child to have some of the same damage I have. And not to say that I didn't have a great childhood um, and not to say that, you know, my parents didn't try the hardest they could. It's that we are human and you can only do what you can do. And even if you try your hardest, and this is for me and all the other parents out there, even if you do absolutely everything perfect. It may not be exactly what your child needs. And so your child is probably going to have some amount of work that they're going to have to go through just to deal with um, the way that they were raised. And that's all fine. Um, but the issues that I have that have been passed down sort of to me, those I don't want to pass on to my daughter. Right. And so I'm actively, you know, working on those things. And part of that is actually this judginess, this judginess of, um, 
women on women, right? She, you know, oh, she fed her kid formula. What's wrong with her? Oh, she breastfed that breastfed that kid until he was five. Oh, now, granted, I, I don't understand. I, I legitimately do not understand breastfeeding a child till they're five. I don't get it. Um, but again, right. I'm going to check myself. I'm going to check that. I'm not going to put that out there onto anybody else. Um, and this weekend, right. Uh, watching the children interact and watching the way that the kids are behaving, you know, I can see it rearing its ugly head yet again. And so it's on the list of things for me to, you know, kind of sit down and look at and reevaluate and try to digest, pick apart and, um, heal within myself. Right. Um, that you, are your own individual and the way that you raise your child uh, reflects a lot of that. Um, And I don't want my kid to ever be somebody who sits and and judges other people. I'm sure that she will at some point. And I noticed also that uh, when I opened up my email, I had like um, an email from us weekly, right? Like with the headlines from us weekly, I don't keep up with a lot of pop culture And in particular, one of the things that I don't really do is reality shows. Now, what's hilarious about this is that one of the very first reality shows that was ever out was on um, Fox, uh, and it was a reality show called Pure Insanity. And it was a show where people were just kind of doing crazy things. So it was in the early 90s. And um, I was a contestant on it. So it's hilarious that I actually don't really pay attention to reality TV shows at all. Yet I was on one of the very first reality TV shows that was ever out there. Um, but what I what I saw in this email that came in was, you know, like this housewife is fighting with this housewife and this lady and this lady. And looking at the pictures of these people, right? I don't, I don't want to say that we're all snowflakes, right? We're not delicate, sensitive, you know, individuals that need to be handled with care, right? I think the word snowflake gets used um, sometimes with respect to millennials. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, right? But we are snowflakes in that no two humans is identical, right? We're not. Uh, we are subject to our DNA. We're subject to the way that we were raised. You know, we're, we're a product of our environment, right? All these things combine into like that person that is you, right? So we all are snowflakes to some degree and that we're not the same, right? But as I'm, as I'm scrolling through these things, you know, again, that judginess comes out in me and I'm looking and it's like, all these women look the same. They all look like their lips, they've been sucking on venom out of somebody's legs because their lips are like these crazy plumpy lippy things. You know, most of them have, you know, this platinum blonde hair, um, you know, very rarely do you even see a woman with brown hair or mousy hair or gray hair or it, it bothers me, right? Like I don't want to judge, but it bothers me. It bothers me that that is what we are putting out there, especially to our youth as this is beautiful because my kid is beautiful. She's beautiful for who she is and she doesn't need to look like one of these real housewives of wherever or bachelorette from wherever. Um, and, and I keep trying to remind myself that the only way that we're going to kind of break out of this is to be putting out more and more people who, you know, we are publicly showing as being different, right? So, um, whether you are happy or unhappy about the election, I am over the moon that a, we have a female vice president coming in 
And B, she's not Caucasian. Um, I like the fact that my daughter asked the question, am I black? (laughs) She has curly hair. She wanted to know if she was black. And we had the entire conversation about the fact that, um, you know, it's a skin color. And she's like, yeah, but I have, I have darker skin color. And she does. Um, I'm definitely much lighter than she is, but I'm like, no, you're not black. Right. Um, but she's asking these questions and she's seeing these things, you know, this year in school, she learned about, uh, Kwanzaa and she asked a lot of questions about, you know, what is slavery? You know, why would we treat people this way? You know, and educating my daughter on what we have done in the past and the way that we need to move forward to heal in the future, um, with respect to racial indifferences. Right. Um, but then when you look at, at the, you know, reality shows and it's all these bombshell blonde girls, um, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And so we are a sci-fi family. We like to watch a lot of sci-fi shows and we've been keeping up and watching with The Mandalorian. I'm not going to ruin anything for anybody who hasn't seen The Mandalorian. However, I'd like to say that as a woman who is not super skinny, right? I'm not, I'm much more of a pear shape than um, a thin shape and not judging anybody's shapes. I'm just saying I am much more of a pear shape. Uh, The Mandalorian actually has a number of very strong women characters. And not only that, but there is a female character who actually has thighs and arms and a broad chest that looks similar to me, right? And so watching it and seeing somebody who is perpetrated as being sexy, strong, beautiful, And looking like me, it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, about time. Let's not, you know, keep up this, um, that either it's Twiggy or it's Marilyn Monroe or it's a Kardashian, you know, you don't have to look like one of those to be drop dead gorgeous, right? You can have thunder thighs and be drop dead gorgeous. And so good on you, Disney. Good on you, Mandalorian. And in particular, John Favre, who came up with the Mandalorian. Um, heck yeah, right? I'm really, really, really digging it. Um, I'm nervous that it's the end of the season. Uh, so fingers crossed that maybe there's one more over Christmas break, but I don't I don't know that there will be. Um, and I'm kind of interested to see exactly what happens with um, Bubble Fett. Not, not ruining it for anybody, but I am interested in seeing what happens with Bubble Fett. <laughs> And so, um, so that's kind of the, the drama from this weekend. I'm currently working on making some hot cocoa bombs, which I've watched like a handful of YouTube videos, um, trying to keep my kid off of YouTube and TikTok because both of those have been uh, sucking her in deep. We've been, uh, you know, we've been making these stop motion animation things for TikTok, but then it's like, you know, if you haven't been on TikTok, it's a rabbit hole, right? She'll just sit there for like half an hour scrolling through these things. And I'm like, you know, it's kind of a waste of time, sweetheart. So uh, somewhere we had seen these hot cocoa bombs. So you should wish us luck. We're making hot cocoa bombs. And um, and then, you know, the plan is, right, we're going to make gingerbread houses. We are, are actively watching Christmas movies. We're singing carols. She wants to practice carols because she wants to go caroling, even though it's COVID. Right? She's like, look, I'd really like to just go around and carol a little bit, you know, spread some cheer. We're going to go out, I think, and deliver packages to uh, some of the folks, especially um, there's a number of folks around here who are single um, and are home, you know, for the holidays without being able to see other family. So we're going to go out and, you know, deliver packages. Um, we're going to go and drop off a package and wave from the street to 
um, her 95 year old piano instructor, who's just, she's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And, um, and see if we can't get folks to, you know, put a smile on their face and, and feel a little bit of love, um, especially through this whole COVID pandemic. Um, my husband on the New York times today, if you haven't been on there, there's a, there's a quiz for how COVID relevant are you, right? How pandemic relevant are you? And it asks you 10 questions to see whether or not, you know, the terminology, there's new terms that have come out because of COVID and because of the pandemic. And so, you know, are you, are you aware of all of these? And so um, we both went through and took the quiz. We both got seven out of 10. Um, There's a couple where I think they, uh, I don't agree with their assessment. Um, And so if you haven't taken the quiz, it's actually kind of a fun quiz. You can go out and uh, see how you do on the pandemic um, quiz for your knowledge. I'll be interested to see long-term whether or not some of this terminology actually makes it into urban dictionaries and also actual dictionaries. So one of the things that I spend a lot of time doing is, you know, I'll hear a word or a phrase and it drives me crazy until I look up kind of where did it come from, right? Is it is it new? Is it something from, you know, the 1600s? Um, what is the backstory behind some of these terms that you kind of see out there? One of the things that I looked up a while ago was what's the, kind of the difference between boldface and baldface lie, right? Is it baldface lie or is it a boldface lie? Uh, and so I spent a lot of time looking those things up. And so whether or not some of these COVID terms end up in a in the dictionary will be really interesting, right? So one of them was a quarantine, right? That you have a quarantine. And um, what was the other one? There was one about uh, about Zoom calls. Anyways, it's, it's interesting. So if you haven't gone to check it out, um, please do. And um, I hope you just have an absolutely brilliant Sunday. And um, I'm sending you lots of love and hugs from here. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in a day or two.